So this is so exciting. We are here for a special episode of Talking Disney in honor of Mary Poppins Returns. We are not doing a, a canon uh, film this month where we are talking about Mary Poppins and it's going to be so much fun. I am Rachel and Stanford is here. Hi. Thanks so much for coming and talking about Mary Poppins with me. Oh, thanks for having me on the podcast again. I'm so excited to talk about Mary Poppins too. Yeah, it is one of the great movies, I think, of all time. It's it's definitely in my top 20 of favorites of all time. I think it's arguably one of the the best family films ever made. Uh, yeah, uh, agreed. And and really one of the finest live action films from the Walt Disney Studios, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's just we're, we'll talk as we go along we will talk about some of the the behind the scenes kind of things and i certainly think it is one of the best adaptations ever uh to film i'm sure p l travers would p l travers would beg to differ they took her mediocre books and they made it into a masterpiece and uh that's my feeling and <laughs> it's so well cast, so well done, very, very few flaws, and uh, we're just going to have so much fun talking about it. Is, is Mary Poppins something that you grew up watching? In, in your- oh, absolutely. You know, Mary Poppins, I think really my first introduction to Mary Poppins was the music. Yeah. My, my parents really loved music and, and uh, really bought us just a lot of records, you know, a lot of albums that we, that we uh listen to and the Mary Poppins soundtrack was heavy and I remember being heavy in the rotation it also had a really wonderful case we it was an LP you know that ages me and uh wow just just I mean we just I think we all loved it in in our house and and I just I remember just loving to look at the pictures and I can't remember the first time I actually saw the film but you know I, I I was a kid when I when I finally got to see it and of course it just loved it you know it was not what's not to love yeah i i feel like i was practically raised on sherman brothers songs like whether it's mary poppins or bed knobs and broomsticks or jungle book or uh charlotte's web uh chitty chitty bang bang chitty chitty bang bang yeah i mean so many winnie the pooh right there's just the, they just are the songwriters of our of our childhood you know yeah, yeah. absolutely i i was as connected to them as a child as i was to anything that we sang at church you know i want to be somebody or anything like that uh their their songs were i was definitely as connected if not more so and uh, I have so many happy memories of not only watching the movies, but like you say, listening to my case, it was, uh, it was uh, audio cassettes <laughs> uh-huh. <I> had, yeah. <laughs> with the different stories and the different performances and different things like that. And I mean, I, I, there was never a moment where I didn't love Mary Poppins in my life. Like I, yeah, not one of those movies that I had to grow into or that I, learned to appreciate you know kind of a thing like maybe a fantasia or something like that that i grew to love this was just always the best (laughs) yeah and i never remember it not being a part of my life yeah you you go to disneyland and the the uh what's the carnation cafe i think it's called the one that's very like feels like mary poppins kind of thing and and I mean, a lot of Disneyland feels very Mary Poppins because it's very Walt Disney. And you'd hear the songs, and it's just so much. So much of I know. Disneyland. And the, and the, the, the characters walk around, you know, yeah. Mary Poppins. And yeah. yeah it's just, oh, so great. It's the best. And really, there's very little that, as an adult, that I'm looking back and like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm a little concerned about that. We have to talk about that kind of a thing uh, with Mary Poppins. Uh, you know, Agreed. So you have seen, before we dive into the plot of the movie, you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, I assume. Yes. And I loved Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> Me too. Absolutely loved it. Saw it multiple times. Yeah. I loved it as well. I think it is uh just the script is so 
beautiful. And I know that some people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's not exactly true or whatever, but uh, there's a lot more truth than some people like to admit. Uh, she was extremely difficult, despite the fact, P.L. Travers, despite the fact that she was given $100,000 and 5% of all proceeds, which basically made a millionaire for her whole life. And, right. And she felt that Disney had been underhanded because he had promised her final say on the script, but he was kind of tricky because he said that, well, you don't have any say in the editing. <laughs> And so they, he basically edited it to be completely what she hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he was a little tricky with that. But, I mean, I think that she was treated a lot better than a lot of other authors are. And well, I think so, too. And I, I never got, the, you know, the King Mr. Banks was careful with this. But, yeah, I don't think she was ever mistreated. In fact, I think... You know, Walt Disney works for so many years to try to get the rights. You know, I think she sounded so difficult to work with that they were, I thought, pretty smart to actually handle it that way. At least that's how I interpreted it. You know, like, yeah. like how in the world could they ever get her final approval? They probably couldn't. Yeah. And so that was the way, that was the way to, to deal with it. And then just to have to deal with her rap. You know, I mean, and her main problem was like so unreasonable that she just felt that animation in and of itself was fluffy and, and kind of demeaning. And so, I mean, obviously as an animation lover, I, I have problems with that, but like yeah. you signed the deal with Disney. Walt like, Disney. What on earth did yeah. you think? She could have right. signed with BBC or whatever was the equivalent at that time. And, you know, whatever, like she, she, she signed the deal. And so I kind of feel like, uh, it's really her, her fault. But the thing that I, not that I'm not saying Disney is like a perfect person, but as a corporation leader, I don't know. I just feel like compared to a lot of other authors, like if you compare the way that her work was treated by, let's say something like Ursula Le Guin, how her books were treated with the tales of Ursia, the studio Ghibli movie, which is just like, or the guy who did the um, Black Cauldron books, you know, his books mm -hmm. were just like, well, I haven't read, uh, I've read that, that book, but from what I've told, there's just like no similarity almost at all. Right. And, right. You no. Know, and he was just like, well, you know, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So. I don't know I, either. And then you just wonder if, would P.L. Travers have been happy with anything? You know, I mean, if somebody, if another studio had tried to take your work and maybe even make it more seriously and not make it a musical or something, you know, would, yeah. would she have ever been happy? I don't think so because. I don't think so either. From all that I can see, it seems like the Sherman brothers were the nicest people in the world. And Richard Sherman, and yeah. they said that they, I think it was uh, Richard Sherman said that he gets a stomachache even thinking about dealing with her. So I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I love that. <laughs> but it yeah. was kind of funny in Saving Mr. Banks that they made the Sherman brothers like, I don't know, they looked like they were like 15. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was kind of funny to me. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I really did love the movie. I love Paul Giamatti in that movie. I thought that was such a beautiful performance as this um, driver. I love Emma yeah. Thompson. She's wonderful in the movie. Yeah. And oh, she's I, so good. I love my favorite part. And this is without hyperbole. One of my favorite just is if I was just looking at just a scene in a movie, this is one of my all time favorites is when Disney goes out to, to see her and he says to her, he talks about his dad and making him deliver the papers every day yeah. you know multiple times a day and he would wake up in the middle of the snow and he'd fallen asleep and all of that and he he says you know i i don't say this to make you sad i i love my life i love my dad he was a good man and he says but rare does a day go by that uh, i'm not reminded of that little boy climbing <laughs> in the snow delivering papers and he talks about he's old elias disney's belt waiting if you if you didn't do it and i i just love when he says mrs travers i'm tired of remembering it that way aren't you tired too mrs travers 
Mm-hmm. And I, when he mm-hmm. said that, it was like I cried. Like there's sometimes when I, cry, I I'm a very easy cry in a movie, but I was sobbing, crying, not just like tearing up, crying, because it just hit me so hard that you need to let go of sometimes. I'm t- there's things in my life, especially at that time, because I was very struggling with a lot of things that had happened in my family and it was just like i'm tired of remembering it that way i'm tired of all that pain and remembering it with all that pain and it was such a beautifully written sequence in my opinion yeah i agree i that, i'm with you that's that's really uh, such a, a powerful part of that film and so yeah. perfectly done it's so interesting being able to watch that film as an adult too and i think you know understanding life a little more and yeah, and just seeing how that all worked and 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 came together to make just make this absolute masterpiece of a movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, well, let's dive into Mary Poppins. Then everybody should see Saving Mr. Banks. It's it's great. Uh, Absolutely, so, put yeah. that on your list. Yeah, yes. if you haven't seen it. So, all right. So it starts out the movie with Bert talking to us. Uh, it breaks the breaks the fourth wall basically yeah Bert breaks the fourth wall in yeah. first part of the film which I, I think is an interesting choice it yeah. works you know but an interesting choice different yeah and it's interesting because there there is a this is a fantasy film but it's it's more sort of magical realism I think <laughs> and yeah that's a good way to put it yeah the movie doesn't spend any time explaining the magic at all which no. I really appreciate no. Which I like it too. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that's I think it's a smart, a smart choice. Yeah, because it would just like kill the whimsy and make it very boring, and like that's one of the problems I often have with fantasy. And honestly, that's part of the problem I have with Harry Potter, is that a, there's just so much exposition and so much explaining, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and so and it, there's are fine but i think this is so much better it just it's just there like they don't bother explaining why admiral boom uh, is there like why is he having a yeah. ship on the top of his house we don't know it's just yeah. magical and fun and it's kind it's of so fun it's kind of yeah. similar to we don't need to know why there's magic in willy wonka's factory it just is because it's willy wonka's yeah. factory and it's magic he- heavy weather brewing at number 17 and so we get this we know like that's such a nice sort of lead in to <laughs> yeah. the 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 world of the banks and the story and the way the camera kind of zooms in towards the house i think it really works i think it really works too and i gotta tell you rachel one of my favorite things in all the world is that movie set of 17 or of, of just a yeah. cherry tree lane i remember even as a child because i think even in my child's brain I knew, I mean, it just looked like a set, but it was so beautiful and so wonderful. Like, you just, it just felt so real, even though you knew it wasn't, but it's still, it's so cool to see it. And then when I was able to tour the Disney studio lot on one of these D23 things that I've done in the past, uh-huh. I, I can't remember the exact soundstage. They have, you know, what they call it. They, they, they've named it the Julie Andrews soundstage, but it's one of the soundstages that they filmed. Mary Poppins on and just to think that oh my gosh you know this this was all made there in Irving California is so cool <laughs> so cool that's amazing and I didn't realize they had that that's so cool yeah that that set was all done there on the Disney studio lot I think both the interior and the exterior you know but there's something just so special I think about that street yeah. you know that, that goes in front of the bank's house and Admiral Boom's house and then over to the park I love it and just how you know the, the street and yeah, everything about it. Immediately have this combination of whimsy and sort of this maturity to it also. Immediately yeah. you know that there's problems and that this is the storms are brewing, heavy weather, you yeah, know. Storms okay. are brewing. But yeah. uh, it's so that I don't know, it just this movie has so many more layers than a movie like this should have. I mean, you and I watched uh the happiest millionaire for example <laughs> and uh, you know it has many through it, it's more like it <laughs> it has many of the same overall sort of elements right yeah it does but it it just is 
it's just not even close and it just doesn't yeah work, it's know? not even close it just didn't yes. have yeah the, the 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 whimsy and the magic and and even that you know supernatural things didn't necessarily need, need to happen in the in the happiest millionaire but yeah there's just something there's just something so missing in it where that mary poppins just, just has in spades yeah yeah exactly yeah and the music is so great. The Sherman Brothers did such a wonderful job wow. with the score. They just completely aced it. Yeah. yeah. And Erwin Kostel and his beautiful orchestrations, uh, yes. uh, you know, of the music. It's just, oh, God, so great. <laughs> as I mentioned, the, that's the same thing. The same with the record, you know, as I mentioned, listening to that album growing up, I, don't, I just could listen to it over and over and over again. You know who I also love that are, you see throughout many Disney films is Hermione Baddeley and Rita Shaw. Yeah, as cook and, they, and that's so fun. Yeah, and then there, there they are in that very opening. You know, when we finally get into the Banks house, there in that opening scene, there they are. And I agree with you. They're 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 terrific, and they're so good in this film. They're a delight. I love them in. Uh, or at least I know that Rita Shaw is. I think they're both in Pollyanna, I believe. Uh, but I know Rita Shaw is. Yeah. And uh, I love Pollyanna. They're just in a ton, and they're just delightful, and they're so funny. <laughs> I don't know what it would have yeah, been like. Yeah, they're really, they're really funny. Yeah, perfect. So with the first song that we get, we see Glynis uh, Johns play as the mother. <laughs> yeah. And we get Sister Suffragette. It's the first song in the movie. What do you think of Mrs. Banks? Do you like her, or do you think she's kind well, of the worst? <laughs> You know, I saw that she posed that question on Twitter, and I wanted to talk to you about that. Yes. It's like a, kind of like a combo, I think, actually, because I think at her core, she's she's a really, of course, just a great woman. I mean, she's a very good woman, right? I mean, she's she's very devoted to this cause that she's doing, and, and I think, you know, like when Katie Nana is <laughs> you know, lead the part, and she's there with Mr. Banks and Mr. Banks is, you know, going on and on about the, you know, his perfect household and the, and the, and the perfect nanny that he's, he's going to super, you know, personally hire. And then the children come in with their list. She's the one who insists that, you know, the children talk. And I think that's one of the few points of good parenting that I, that you see yeah, from her in the movie. Point. Otherwise, I mean, both of them, both mom and dad are distracted, even though there is more focus on Mr. Banks. Yeah. Both I think both of them are really distracted. Yeah. And so I don't know if she's necessarily the worst because I think she's <laughs> trying yeah. to care about her kids. However, she's off. You know, she's she's really letting the household help take care of them. What do you think? What's your yeah. what's your take? And what did you hear <laughs> from your Twitter from your Twitter yeah. poll? I did ask <laughs> on Twitter. I, I, I don't have the, the actual votes tallies in front of me at the moment, but uh, but I I think that in general people were, were giving her a little bit of a break. Uh, she just will. I think it just struck me this time watching it is that she will put her kids with anybody rather than watch her kids. Yeah, she just says she's just not. She's not into it. Yeah. She's like almost like looking outside, like wait, you, 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 somebody, somebody else watch me yeah. rather than uh, than have, <laughs> have then have her yeah take the responsibility. I mean, she has yeah. Bert a chimney sweep. She's never met <laughs> watching her kids, <laughs> but you know, I mean, she's certainly sweet enough, and they and it is fun to see you know the suffragette she they did in the musical the broadway musical they took it out and put in a song called be mrs banks uh, which was oh that's movie. right i remember because i've seen the i've seen the broadway show too and that's right and i i, I like the sister suffragette song and i like yeah. i just think that it really is a cool it's a really a good introduction to what Mrs. Banks is all about. Yeah. And I really like Glennis Johns uh -huh. anyway, and I really like her in this, I like her in this role. And so I think that maybe I cut her a little more slack. <laughs> because, <laughs> and that's not necessarily fair, you know, but, but I cut her a little slack just because I just find her such an appealing actress, particularly in this movie. Yeah, she can be absolutely hilarious. Her, one of her last roles is she was in While You Were Sleeping. Oh, wasn't she, just, I love wasn't she the best? <laughs> I was so happy that, you know, when she came on the screen, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that Glennis Johns was even still alive, which is rude. To say, you know? <laughs> oh, they're like, 
Uh, she was like, let him do it. I am letting him do it. <laughs> oh, she was so, she, they, I love, she was so perfect. She was so I perfect. I love her and, uh, and Jack Warden in that movie. I think they're so funny. Yeah, it's but, so good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so she's just kind of a little, she's just kind of flaky. She's not the best, but she, she's not the worst. I'll get, I'll grant her that. But then we get the life I lead from Mr. Banks, where he's talking about his perfectly ordered world, how he's got everything under control. What do you think is sort of the character arc of Mr. Banks in this movie? What do you think that he starts out, things are all in control. By the end, things are completely out of control. What do you yeah. think is the character journey for, for Mr. Banks? Well, I think Mr. Banks is solely focused on, on himself and on, on his career. You know, he's a workaholic, basically. And as well as he's got this quote-unquote ordered life, but really from the beginning of when we see it, his life's not in order. His family's a mess. The kids keep running the nannies out of the house. And I don't think Jane and Michael are brats. I think Jane and Michael need a mom and dad, and they don't have a mom and dad. I mean, they do, but they don't. You know, they're provided for. But So I think with Mr. Banks, his character arc, for the way I interpret it, is he really has to understand what's truly important in life, and it's, it's his family. You know, it's his wife, and it's, and it's kids. And Mary Poppins knows that, and she has to come help him figure that out. But yeah. that's how I interpret it. How do you, how do you interpret it? He learns to be a better human being, a better person. He learns what really matters in his, his family. I don't know. It's just such a contrast. It's so interesting to look at the difference between the life I lead and the, uh, and a man has dreams at the end, especially yeah. what Bert yeah. says, you know, at the end when uh, you're a man of high position esteemed by your peers, when your little tykes are crying, you haven't time to dry their tears and see them grateful little faces smiling up at you because their dad always knows just what to do. You got to grind, grind, grind at that grindstone. Their childhood slips like sand through a sieve and all too soon they've grown up and then they've flown and it's too late for you to give just that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down, the medicine go down. So that's, that's kind of where, that, where we end. But in this first part, he says, uh, he talks about, I run my home precisely on schedule. At 6.01, yeah. I walk through my door. My slippers, yeah. sherry, and pipe are due at 6.02. Consistent is the life I lead. It's grand to be yeah. an Englishman in 1910. King Edward's on the throne. It's the age of men. I'm the lord of my castle, the sovereign, the liege. I treat my subjects, servants, children, wife with a firm but gentle hand. Noblesse oblige. It's 6.03 and the heirs to my dominion are scrubbed and tubbed and adequately fed. And it keeps going. And the thing is, is that none of the things that he mentions in this perfect life that he set up provide happiness or joy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a schedule. You know, he's just it's yeah. all about this, this schedule. And again, and it's all about him. He's yes. talking about these other people, but I, the way I view it is just like, this is about him. You know, he's there drinking his sherry and smoking his pipe. He's, you know, he's providing for his family, but he's not caring. You know, he's not caring about him. He's just. Yeah. They're adequately fed and sent to bed. You know, it's not that or close. However, that specific rhyme goes. You know? yeah. and it's like it's not like I'm just gonna spend time with my kids and I'm gonna help them with their schoolwork or you know, and or we're gonna go spend some time together or, or something, find out you know? who they are or what they want or anything. And yeah, even if like you wanted a house that was disciplined and and rules which isn't a necessarily a bad thing but those things should be just sort of tools to then having great experiences and having more happiness in life those things in and of themselves are not happiness you know it's kind of like if you have a beautifully set table like that's good but it's not going to make you have a delicious right. meal right. <laughs> so it, it, it's really interesting one of the things i you know i mean i've noticed it before but this with this rewatch how he's going you know that that opening song you know about the life he leads mrs Banks the whole time is just trying to tell him um the children are missing. The children are missing. <laughs> you know? And he's not having any of it. He's not paying attention. And again, that's why I just think this dude is so self-consumed. 
Yeah. Even with his wife, who also, as we know, she's got issues. Still, she's at least trying to say, George, dear. Yeah. The children are gone. <laughs> the children are missing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if you look at the contrast between his his dreams, I guess, and the kids' dreams, they have the perfect nanny, their song, when they write the letter. Almost all their stuff is actually stuff that, like, feeds the soul. His one train is just, like, yeah. order. And, exactly. You know, they say, the perfect nanny. Wanted a nanny for two adorable children. If you want this choice position, have a cheery disposition. Rosy cheeks, no warts, play games, all sorts. You must be kind, you must be witty, very sweet, and fairly pretty. Take us on outing give us treats sing songs bring sweets never be cross or cruel never give us castor oil or gruel love us as a son and daughter and never smell of barley water if you <laughs> if you won't scold and dominate us we will never give you cause to hate us mm-hmm. we won't hide your spectacles so you can't see put toads in your bed or pepper in your tea Hurry, nanny, many thanks. Sincerely, Jane and Michael Banks. Jane and Michael Banks. And it's that like the cutest scene ever. I mean, I just <laughs> seriously, so Jane and Michael Banks, they are so cute to me. I, yeah. I, they're such cute child actors anyway. But I've seen, they were in, um, oh, Rachel, I'm drawing a, I'm Thomas, drawing a like, yeah. you know, Thomasina. And okay. they were cute in Thomasina, but nothing as cute as Mary Poppins. <laughs> I didn't think. Part of it was yeah. maybe just the writing and the characters. You yeah. know, and the costumes are so great in Mary Poppins, too. They look so cute. Yeah. I got to go to a lecture or whatever panel, I guess, at, at D23, where they had Karen Dotris. Oh, that's right. Because Karen Dotris is still, yeah. still with us. She yeah. is amazing. She was so funny. She was hilarious. I loved her. How cool. You got yeah. to hear her. I know. It was incredible. Did uh, she talk it, about? Mary Poppins. I mean, just like, oh, you know, yeah. she talked making about, the movie. She talked about Mary Poppins. She talked about, you know, working with Walt and remembering that. And I, I'd have to look over my D23 notes to remember everything, but I just remember just laughing that she was such mm-hmm. a funny lady, just a, a delight. She's great. And they, they really are just lovely child actors, both of them. And they really felt like brother and sister. They did. They really, yeah. I mean, that part of it too, they, it seems so believable. Even from watching it as a child, you know, I mean, I knew they were actors. Oh, they were good. Matthew yeah. Garber had a sad life, I think. Yeah. Didn't, he, didn't he? And he died young. I think he died in his teens, I believe, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. it was late, late teens, I think. Yeah, um, sad, sad. But I but, I, uh, I, think Karen Dotris is a Disney legend, if I'm not mistaken. So I wouldn't sure. be surprised. Yeah, I yeah. think I bet you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the next day, we get the great scene with all of the nannies outside. Oh, my gosh. See, again, <laughs> another, another great use of that incredible set, Yeah, you know? And all I of, love that scene so much. Yeah. Have you ever seen the uh, Simpsons take on Mary Poppins? It's pretty funny. <laughs> no. Mary Bobbins. There if I have, I forgot. <laughs> I, I bet it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good one. It's pretty, I don't know what season, if it's like nine or ten. Eight, nine or ten is pretty good. Mary Bobbins. Anyway, so yeah, all of the nannies are swift away in the They're wind. They're blown and, away with a big wind. And there yeah. Mary Poppins comes down with her umbrella, Julie Andrews. And it's really amazing because Julie Andrews was of course, discovered as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady on Broadway. And a lot of people were were upset that she was not cast to play Eliza Doolittle in the movie. But Yeah, yeah, that Audrey Hepburn was. And I've heard her speak. And she said that she never would have even thought of that. Like that that was really the furthest thing from her mind because, you know, Audrey Hepburn was the star. She hadn't even been in a, a, a movie before, I don't believe. And so then she ends up getting the role of Mary Poppins, which she would not have gotten if she was in My Fair Lady. So it, My Fair Lady, which is interesting to think about, isn't it? Because as much I adore My Fair Lady, and I, I think Audrey Hepburn's, Hepburn does an incredible job, although she's not singing, you know, her voice was dubbed in, in most of the music still. 
how could Julie Andrews not be Mary Poppins? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know who else is even being considered, but did she get yeah. a best actress? Yeah. I Fair year, Lady you know? ended up winning Best Picture and Julie Andrews won for Mary Poppins, which is yeah. really amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It was a pretty good year for the Oscars because oh. obviously My Fair Lady and Peter Ustinov what won. What a year. <laughs> She's just so amazing. And it breaks my heart that we live in a world where Julie Andrews can't sing anymore. Like that just is like. The, it's sick and wrong. It's so it's sad. Yeah, I, I'm so grateful we've got these films that really show off her, just her, her gorgeous voice. Yeah. So, and I think that was a big part of it. I mean, because she's, she's such an appealing actress, such a wonderful singer. Even though, you know, Mary Poppins is kind of like a, not necessarily the most likable character, right? Right. Because That's what Julie I was gonna ask Andrews, you. you just love her. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you think that they're able to sort of walk that line? Because I think the books are way less successful at that. I I think the books are just kind of I don't know. They're just they're just not whimsical. They're not fun and they're they're a little they're kind of preachy and they're just they're not good. I don't like the books. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, I saw the movie first and so maybe I was biased, but I don't know. I just think they're way better. This movie is way better than these kind of mediocre, forgettable books. I think it's Julian. I mean yeah. I'm probably again a lot of factors. There's not the cast is the cast is perfection in the in the film. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's a combination of Julie Andrews' performance and then both the screenwriters and, and the Sherman brothers, you know, because yeah. she comes across as, as snobby and kind of arrogant. But then, you, you know, you see that she she really cares about these people. Yeah, I think uh, and this was her debut, which is amazing. OK, and amazing. <laughs> And I think in many ways, for a lot of us at least, that she's kind of the perfect mother in a way. Between this and Sound yeah. Music, it's just, you just immediately just love it's her. Double so whammy, yeah. And, yeah. And, and she does such a good job. I love the fact that she's kind of a... She's 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 very she's firm, but she has that that magic. Uh, you know, she tells she tells uh, Michael right away, "Close your mouth, Michael. We are not a codfish." Yeah, yeah. And yet she's singing about spoonfuls of sugar and and stuff like that. So there's always that sort of whimsy, and I think it's in a way sort of similar to Willy Wonka in the sense that Willy Wonka is yeah. kind of the same way. He's kind of mysterious and scary. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I agree. At the yeah. same at the, at the same time, I never find Mary Poppins scary, but she she's strict and kind of proud. Yeah, say, that's a good word. Know? Proud. Yeah. 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 Proud. She's just the best. So you get the delightful scene of her in her bag, and that's where you get that whimsy right away. And I love that. I oh, love all of I it. I love like, that Michael scene. <laughs> going underneath the table, trying to figure yeah. it out. And, and she's it's just so, very. It's so cute. Yeah. She's just very, like, straight about it. She never, she's not, like, winking at the camera. She's very just like, of course I'm yeah. going to get my hat, uh, hat rack. Of course I'm going right. to. The hat rack, the mirror, you know, <laughs> the mirror, that yeah. she pulls out. But the mirror that also like is that extra version of her, you know, Liz yeah. the mirror or whoever. I much prefer seeing all of my face at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she's got and, the plant, the light fixture, shoes. Uh, there's a small you know, mirror, a coat, and a and, tape measure. You know, and, and right before that, you know, she is that she 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 slides up the banister too and the whole i think that whole sequence they they were such technical wizards at disney and they were so on top of their game because these special effects are so good and so fun you know whatever all the all the different camera tricks and all the different things that they were using they just yeah they just add they add to the whimsy of it and you kind of you mean you do you wonder like how did they do that still it's, it's so it's just adds so much to the storytelling just makes it so delightful yeah i love when she's never judged things by appearance even carpet bags i'm sure i never <laughs> i know <laughs> and the, t- the tape measure you yeah know, when she's measuring the kids and i just I always love that when she gets to her height and it's you know mary poppins practically perfect in every, every way, way. Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta wonder what is that what's the practically what's the one thing she's not for that? i don't know but uh but yeah and jane is rather know. inclined to giggle doesn't put things away and michael is extremely stubborn and suspicious 
Yeah. yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. I love that. So then we get Spoonful of Sugar. Like, I even say the name and I'm like, Spoonful of Sugar. <laughs> like, right. I mean, instantly you hear that music in your head and again, <laughs> what a, it's just the most fun scene because it's just like, wouldn't that be the most wonderful thing to be able to clean, you know, snap your finger and, yeah. and your, your room gets cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this mess, well, this mess you made. Well, and I, Maybe I'm, I don't mean to read too much into it, but it's a great way to introduce this kid's relationship with Mary Poppins because it's like whatever disorder was going on in their life, their, their lives are their lives are in order for the time. Yeah, being. that's a good. You point. know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so then we with, get the, with her. Yeah, we get the next day. Uh, Bert is working as a pavement artist, and this is when they go inside the drawing, and we get this. Oh, it's just one of my favorite oh. scenes. It's so good. It's it's pretty long. I didn't didn't write down how long that scene is, but it is pretty long. Yeah, it's a long. It's a long. Scene. I mean, what is it? A good twenty plus minutes? At least, because you got the whole Jolly yeah. Holiday sequence. Jolly you know? Holiday. Then, then that you whole horse race. Horse thing. race, and then super califragilistic. Yeah. You know, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Uh, I mean, it's just so delightful. <laughs> so I know. Good. I mean, sorry. Just all I'm doing is speaking in superlatives. But <laughs> that scene, though, is so. I think it's just so well done because, and again, the music is the music is great, and then the performances. It just really yeah. shines on on both, and particularly Dick Van Dyke. Uh, yeah. But again, such wonderful technical wizardry too, because they're of course the animation that's so expertly done. I just love how you know at some point they're like they're flying in the air and all those different things going on with the choreography. Yeah. Just make it so yeah. fun. It is, and you got the penguins, which is like so iconic, and oh, and that penguins, beautiful yeah. animation. And I don't know, a lot of people are really, really hard on Dick Van Dyke on his accent, but I, 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 don't, I don't even care. Me either. A lot of people sort of like are Mary and Bert supposed to be like in love, and I don't really feel like they're supposed to be in love. I don't know. I think they they're fond of each other. And maybe if it yeah. was another, another time, another situation, maybe. But I don't think they're in love. I never thought that they were in love either. I just thought, you know, maybe if situ- the situation was different because Mary Poppins kind of floats in and out as needed. She's, yeah. she's not around given the nature of her work, right? Right. And Bert knows that. And so they can enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I like that. And they're fond of each other. But it's a bit flirtatious. Yeah, that's never, a good word, but Yeah, but... but to me, it never seems like that they're sad about it. You know, they just kind of enjoy enjoy the moment. Yeah. And then Mary Poppins is off and Bert's kind of wistful about that, too. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good way to say it. it's sort of flirtatious, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we get supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And, Which is so fun. Yeah, and there's a great uh, scene in Saving Mr. Banks when she's. I know that's exactly what I thought about too. It was <laughs> about Saving Mr. Banks because they have a rhyme res- responsible, and he's like, uh, she, he's like, well, we decided to make up the word. And he's she's like unmake it up, and then he's yeah, like putting it away. Supercalifragilistic. Nobody will see it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fun. You get the different characters because I was afraid to speak when I was just a lad. My father gave me nose a tweak and told me I was bad. But then one day I learned the word and saved me a nose, the biggest word you ever heard. And this is how it goes. So fun. Oh, <laughs> and the dancing and the, and again, I I just love all the uh, the animation. Yeah. And the costumes are so fun. I love Mary in that in that white dress with the red. Oh yeah, and Bert in that striped jacket. Yeah, and I think that's often how the two of them are dressed when they're the walk-around characters at, at yeah. Disneyland. Again, very, so iconic. You even get the callback at the end when Mr. Banks uh, says to Mr. Daz, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and so that there's always something to say when things are hard. You can always say Yeah. Yeah. If something's quite atrocious, if you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. <laughs> then it starts to rain, and so they end up out of the drawing. Then she sings Stay Awake, a lollaby to them. 
Yeah, what do you think about how, you know, when the kids are just so excited and talking about the day and Mary Poppins almost denies that it happens? Yeah. What's your take on that <laughs> or your interpretation on, on what Mary Poppins is trying to do there? I don't know. I, I think she's just, you know, I'm not sure. That's just maybe part of the whimsy in some way <laughs> of it mm-hmm. all. You know, it's like this little secret thing that uh that only they have i guess i don't know mm-hmm. it's interesting what do you think yeah i i know the in other viewings too i'm never i mean it doesn't necessarily bother me but i just wonder like i wonder why she does that but maybe part of it is to kind of keep it keep the kids maybe guessing yeah <laughs> about they're it they're not going to tell or, anybody because they know she's going to do yeah that. yeah that they're not going to yeah. necessarily tell and then maybe it helps kind of lessen the sting when she goes away because she knows that this is all temporary where they and the kids might not necessarily know or shouldn't know, you know, should yeah. have that, that have that burden to know that this happiness is probably is, even though I mean they're off to another type of happiness, but kind of this magical whimsy stuff is, is not going to be forever. Right. And then you, you see the cook and Ellen singing, uh, singing Super Califragilisticexpialidocious just later on. And you get another scene with them trying to hold everything up for the, for the, the cannons. And I, I love the little moment when Mary Poppins speaks dog. Oh, I know. That, that's, that's so funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. And then we get to meet Uncle Albert. Yes. Let's play by the great Ed Wynn. Yeah. It's so fun to see that scene. And again, Mary Poppins acts kind of weird, I think, in this, but it all it all works. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's so, she's so mad. She's like, don't laugh, don't laugh, even though you think, I don't know, it's like, do you, do you really don't want them to laugh? <laughs> uh yeah and the, for whatever reason when you laugh in this world it makes you float which is really fun and whimsical it's just so correct it's so great and yeah yeah they're so worried about uncle albert like this is so this is so horrible that he <laughs> that he's uncle albert's basically on the ceiling you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i love how they you know yeah they end up having tea yeah floating in the air it's so fun and they get back home and mr banks is very upset and he tells them at high time they learn the seriousness of life and you get a reprise of life i lead and she kind of tricks him into agreeing to take jane and michael to the bank the next day they're convinced that their father doesn't love them and she sings feed the birds and from what i've read i believe that this was walt disney's favorite song yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've read, too. At least the Shermer brothers have talked about that and how yeah. Yeah, Wall, Wall, Wall will call him into his office and they'd play the song for him. And it is a beautiful melody. Well, it's it is beautiful. such a beautiful song. And there's such a, it's such a beautiful sequence in the film because it's like you're going into that snow globe she has, you know, that she has at St. Paul's Cathedral. And there's some kind of surrealism about it. It's the imagery of the birds and then the bird lady there on the steps. It's so, it's so beautiful. I, it's pretty deep. The segment is pretty deep. And I was trying to think back as a kid. I was like, well, did I understand any of this when I was a child? No. You know, what was going on here? What was going on there? I don't think I did. I yeah, but did. you were still, you needed kind of a break, a breather as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's what's great about this movie is that it has these different levels that you can enjoy it. And, yeah. you know, as an adult, it just gets more and more moving the more I, I watch it. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to look at the difference between Feed the Birds and the Fidelity Fiduciary Bank uh, song that comes yeah. up next when they're visiting the yeah. bank about when you deposit tuppence in, bank, in the bank account. Soon you'll see that it blooms into credit of a generous amount semi-annually, and you'll achieve that sense of stature as your influence expands to the high financial strata that established credit now commands. And none of it is about people at all. Like none of it's about it's aside from making yeah. feel stature. Whereas Feed the Birds is all about this woman and connecting with people and, and uh, yeah, and caring. You know, caring for for someone and really doing something that's outside of yourself. Yeah, the whole song is about uh, caring. Come feed the little birds. Show them your care, and you'll be yeah. glad if you do. Their young ones are hungry. Their nests are so bare. 
all it takes is tuppence from you feed the birds so it's, yeah. it's really it's a song about contrast. charity that is such an interesting contrast again kudos to the sherman brothers and to this is mary poppins creative team you know for really making that into that very interesting juxtaposition with those yeah. two those two different worlds yeah well and so when they go to the bank michael wants to give his tuppence to the bird lady and the, the bird lady yeah yeah and then mr dawes who is played by vic van dyke in old makeup uh he basically takes his money his tuppence and he's oh we're gonna then he sings the song and it and he starts michael starts kind of screaming and this starts a whole run on the bank which is a horrible thing to happen yeah, causes yeah. people to misinterpret what's happening and they run off. Now, did you happen to see there's been there's a lot of interviews and press going on with with Mary Poppins' return, uh-huh. of course, and that how Dick yeah. and Dyke is is playing now the role of Dawes Jr. But uh-huh. as an old man, he was I think he actually was being interviewed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. I think and I uh-huh. think I saw this on Facebook or something. But Walt doesn't he have someone else playing Dawes Senior? And Dick Van Dyke really wanted the role, you know, to dress. And Dick Van Dyke had to pay Walt Disney <laughs> to be to do the role. He said oh, he had to pay Walt Disney four thousand dollars <laughs> in order for him to let him. I don't know quite how that whole business deal works, but but it's out it's out That's there with really the Mary Poppins Returns press stuff on you know on on any one of the Disney social media things. But I thought that was really interesting that uh, yeah. that yeah. wasn't part of the initial plan. Who they else was up- going to play him? Yeah. Well, they end up running away, Jane and Michael, and they run into Bert, who is a chimney sweep this day. And I love this whole scene between them and Bert. And, oh, my gosh. And Bert says, let's sit down, you know, begging your pardon. But the one my heart goes out to is your father. There he is in that cold, heartless bank day after day, hammed in by mounds of cold, heartless money. I don't like to see any living thing caged up. Jane says, father in a cage. Bert says, they make cages of all sizes and shapes, you know. Bank shaped, some of them, carpets and all. And then Jane says, father's not in trouble. We are. Oh, sure about that, are you? Look at it this way. You've got your mother to look after you and Mary Poppins and Constable Jones and me. Who looks after your father? Tell me that. When something terrible happens, what does he do? Fence for himself, he does. Who does he tell about it? No one. Don't blab his troubles at home. He just pushes on at his job, uncomplaining, alone, and silent. Michael, he's not very silent. <laughs> and, and Jane, Michael, be quiet. Bert, do you think father really needs our help? Well, it's not my place to say. I only observe that a father can always do with a bit of help. Come on, I'll take you home. I love that scene. It is so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so good, and you know it. It really illustrates the point that we we're talking about with with Mr. Banks's character, and really talking about what's going on with him. And I think Bert explains it in a way that a kid can understand. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I love it. A father can always do with a bit of help, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's such a good lesson for children to learn that that we shouldn't just uh, judge people that they don't need help that they don't need Mm -hmm. love you know that we Mm -hmm. should try to see our parents as people and that's such a hard thing when you're a kid because yeah you know it's a hard lesson to learn yeah michael at one point says you should have seen the look on his face he doesn't like us at all and that is such a childhood thing that you think your parents hate hate you because they're trying to keep you safe or because they're stressed out about their lives and i think a lot of us have that moment when we realize that oh my gosh they're my parents are just like me like they're they're just trying Mm -hmm. to figure this out as they go day by day they don't know what they're doing yeah and so this is when the mother leaves the kids to bird <laughs> oh my god dear and they get sucked up the chimney and that's when we get chim chimmery and step in time which i mean i would say that chim that um, step in time has got to be in the conversation for one of the 10 best uh choreographed dance numbers in the history of television oh, I mean, history of it's movies. so impressive it's so it's so energetic and and it's so beautifully choreographed so beautifully filmed so much fun 
technical wizardry going on as they're jumping and bouncing, you know, from building to building. I think it looks like there's a lot of matte painting and other different things that were, that were techniques yes. that were being used. One of my favorite sequences, too, is in that step in time is when there's like 10 or 15 chimneys on the screen and it's all done in silhouette. And, uh, you know, the chimney sweeps are like dancing, you know, dancing on top of the chimneys. You don't just look so cool. You know, it gets that blue background of the sky and i love it so much artistry so much creativity going on there and this whole sequence was uh choreographed by mark bruo b-r-e-a-u-x uh and his wife Dee Dee wood were the ones that choreographed it and they just did a phenomenal job they did a really oh. amazing job so the choreography uh, I, lo- I love i've always loved that set to that chimney top set i don't know what necessarily what you call it because there's that big fun place where they where they dance, but they're just dancing on every surface, you know. On all, it's really uh, it's really iconic. He and uh, Dee Dee Wood also choreographed a sound of music and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, okay. So, pretty amazing. <laughs> well, there, they they there they are on these big wonderful 1960s musicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Then, uh, then, so that's. And Chim right. Chim 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 Tree is one of my favorite songs, too. I just have yeah. to show that in. Yeah. And that I was the one that won the Oscar. So it's yeah. so good. And, uh, you know, Mary Poppins, she says, I never explain anything. Yeah. What she does. <laughs> and that's when we get uh, A Man Has Dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, because because Mr. Banks finds out that he's probably going to get fired, uh, he has to yeah. go up to uh, to go the back bank. to the bank. Yeah, it's a beautiful, vulnerable moment, and I just love that they allowed uh, he and Bert to be together in that moment. I think works so well. Bert says, "You're a man of eye position, esteemed by your peers, and when your little tykes are crying, you haven't time to dry their tears." And see them grateful little faces smiling up at you because their dad always knows just what to do. You've got to grind, grind, grind at that grindstone. Though childhood slips like sand through a sieve and all too soon they've grown up and then they've flown and it's too late for you to give just that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. I love that, you know, just that grind, grind, grind at that grindstone is such good writing. Well, it is. And I I just find it fascinating that really both Mary Poppins and Bert know what's going on. And they're the ones helping Mr. Banks see things in a different light. Yeah. and Or, or at least planting a seed, you know. Cause because that, it's, that it's, can... it's not that he's working that's the problem. And that's what so many, so many movies that try to do this whole businessman forgot his family kind of arc they forget that it's not the work that's the problem it's what he finds value in in his mm-hmm. life you know and it's like yeah my dad he could be working 70 80 hours a week huge hours but i knew that that was not his priority that his that he got his value from his faith and from his family and from his uh scouting activity all that other stuff like it's not that he hated work or anything like that but uh you know it's that's not what got his his nourishment that's not what he got happiness from and the if you look at the life i lead at the beginning all of the happiness is from stuff that does not last and stuff that does not matter in the grand scheme of things all of it (laughs) and and so i think that it's such a humbling moment for a character and such a moving moment and between both characters between Bert and Mr. Banks and it's just so great and it's so often done wrong. Totally agree. Yeah. And he he takes that and David Tomlinson, we haven't talked about him, but he's phenomenal. Oh my stars, David Tomlinson. I mean what a he is phenomenal and what a brilliant performance he gives in this yeah. in this movie. He's, he's it's such a good actor. He's quite a good singer, I think too. Yeah, that's and he true. does he kind of does that combo of the speak scene that that uh, uh, Rex Harrison does in My Fair Lady, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of that same yeah. same sort of style. I mean, let's uh, you know how that's how they wrote. You know, I'm sure that's how yeah. the Sherman Brothers wrote the music for him right. to do that. But he's just he's 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 so good. He's so so convincing 
in in, in this role. I, I yeah, he, perfect. He has those lighter moments where he's singing that are really great, and he's just he's great in the role. And when he's sort of making this long walk, yeah, so talking about the walk to the bank. So good. Yeah, the coolest the coolest sequence because. Again, I think so much of it's done with matte paintings. You know, they're not. No, yeah. he's not in London. I, I just love the artistry uh, of, of how the how the filmmakers did that. Again, just with this wonderful music going on and with him really thinking about his fate. Because everything that he's worked for, everything that's been important to him, he knows it's going to get is getting taken away. Yeah, I mean, it's, as I said, it's stuff that didn't last. It's it's yeah. building your house on the foundation of sand. It's getting and washed when away. He, when he goes, when he finally gets into the room where you know Dawes Junior and Senior are the other the partners in the bank. I love how they have that room all basically. It's all black, and how they positioned the table kind of in the top corner of the screen. You know, so it almost just looks like he's he's like going to the judgment bar, yeah. but done so art, done so artistically. Yeah interesting yeah, sure. in such an artistically interesting way it's not like they just opened the door and there's the set you know they they yeah. they did some they did some cool stuff with uh with well, some special effects yeah i love when he's he says super califragilistic and he says to them <laughs> he says there's no such thing as you which i love and Dawes jr really humiliates him there you know by folding out his umbrella and punching a hole in his hat and ripping his lapel flower in half and stuff but uh, yeah that, that kind of works for him to be look a little disheveled because really he's in the process of being a changed man yeah and I that's think. when mr dawes ends up laughing and you see <laughs> right. beginning to float he tells and, one of the you know one of the dad oh, the jokes. jokes yeah you know yeah yeah I mean? that's right i forgot about the joke <laughs> yeah that, that's what makes dawes senior laugh and yeah. again he starts to float and then and that was just again in a perfect way because he just starts to flow but they don't really dwell on it but you that is brought back into the story mr Dawes and Dawes senior yes and then he goes home and joins the family for flying the kite and we get let's go fly a kite up with it's so fun it's just great and and you know we, that whole set yeah yeah oh it's so good i love it and and saving mr banks makes that scene even more meaningful i right. think too that'll yeah. you know for people who haven't seen that yet too this you gotta watch saving mr banks oh, as, as, as an accompaniment to mary poppins <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but and, that whole scene rachel are you you know you first sorry I keep no no after you i mean, i was just gonna say um, that they bring back the kite i think in nice ways in the in the sequel i liked yeah oh, yeah absolutely yeah. That whole Let's Fly Crazy was, I mean, I think, I always loved, I loved the song as a kid. You know, so catchy and so fun. As an adult, and maybe it was also after seeing, seeing Saving Mr. Banks, but as an adult, I have a whole different appreciation for it. Yeah, uh, me too. The, there's, a, there's a shot, and I think it was in that LP book that I just used to love, you know, just devour all the time when I yeah. listen to the record of the family, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Banks and Jane and Michael, they're flying the kite. And Mr. Banks, his collar is, you know, kind of out of place and he's got the hole in his hat. But they're all for they're smiling and they're together and it's just like, you know, the family the family is back together. Mm-hmm. And I always loved that picture as a kid and I never really again, maybe subliminally I, I understood but probably not. I was you know, I was a little kid, but uh-huh. I, I, I see that image now and I just I just get emotional, you know, just because I yeah. just think, wow, this is what the movie's all about. And Mary Poppins knew it because she's she's viewing this from afar. You see, again, some wonderful acting from Julie Andrews because that's when I feel like she, uh, you know, Mary Poppins is looking at this scene happily and longing, you know, just happily about it, just knowing that yeah. this happens. But she's also, I think, sad that she has to leave because she cares. I think she cares about all of them. She cares about yeah. the children, but I think she really cares about the parents, too. Right. Particularly Mr. Banks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we see her leaving, and it's just, I, I really think that this movie, it's no wonder this was a dream of Walt Disney's, because it really captures, I think, what makes, made him special, Walt Disney, that that he he was trying to uh, bring people together uh, to get them to dream 
to be families together, to have adventures together, to dream of a better world. Uh, you know, he, yeah. that's the whole point of things like Epcot and, and stuff like that. And he was just such an amazing man. And, uh, and so it, it's kind of, it's appropriate that this movie is really kind of his, one of his crowning achievements for sure. Oh, absolutely, Rachel. Cause uh, I'm with you. I, I think it's really kind of the creative apex, I think in so many ways of Walt Disney's career, because Everything about the film is just, I think, yeah, everything that he was trying to present in life. You know, a, a really solid and an incredibly entertaining family film, but that has a lot of meaning in it, but also has a lot of really te- wonderful technical wizardry, yeah. Incre- you know, incredible animation. Again, again, ultimately, this but a film about a family coming together. Yeah, it's about, and it's about what matters in life. Uh, yeah. And- yeah, it's so good. Great, great song. It's just one of one of the best, one of my all-time favorites. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know what you love about Mary Poppins uh, in the comments section or on Twitter and uh, what we've had to say. Uh, give us some of your feedback. We'd love to hear. And thank you so much, Stanford. This was such a delight to get to talk. Well, this to was you. so much fun. Thank you so much for the invitation, Rachel. It was wonderful to talk about this great film with you. Thank you. How can people find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie blog and podcast. You can find that at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So make sure to check that out. I haven't actually done my video review of Mary Poppins Returns. I love it. Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we loved it so much. Loved it. And, really uh, good. Yeah, it's so good. So anyway, l- let us know what you think of that. I will get that up as soon as I can. I'm a little overwhelmed in a, in Hallmark movies at the moment, but doing my best. So uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, thanks so much. And we will. Uh, oh, I need to need to do real quick. Pick out for next month. Oh, that's so, right. Is it time to bring out the number yes. generator? <laughs> yes. Where is my number generator? <laughs> Okay, my number, I got 48. So we'll be talking about Bolt in okay. for January. Uh, so I look forward to that. And thanks again. And we will, yeah, we'll talk again next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you.